You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the Diamond District bonus hour, final hour of the show and of the week for Miller and Moulton. Thanks so much for being with us. If you just missed our 8 o'clock hour, pretty good if we got to say so ourselves. Pat Kerwin, Mark Packer, talking pro and college football, but also college sports as a whole with Mark Packer of the ACC Network. And he doesn't pull any punches, even if it would upset his employer. So, you know, if you missed it, eh, download it. It'll be up soon, floridasportsnetwork.com. You know, you mentioned something during the break, and we're usually on top of all this. But we've just kind of let it float out there. You know, eh, this is something that we'll get to in the future. But there are some existing franchises. You know, like we all know about the Oakland situation. You know, the A's. We got that. There's two or three others that apparently are not good. Arizona Diamondbacks held a presser at the beginning of spring training in which they were asked about the future of the team in Arizona. And they said... Well, we're trying to make it work, but, whoa, hold on a second. Really? And the ownership was kind of like, you know, we need a new stadium and there's no progress on that and and not playing around. I mean, we're losing money. And they did go to the World Series last year. And they were just like, you know, this is not a game. I just, this is just business. I, it is funny what a stadium shelf life is anymore. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, what the Diamondbacks came into being in 97, I think, was their first year. Cause Show Walter managed the Yankees in 95. They got eliminated. He got fired. I think he sat out 96, building the or- Diamondbacks organization. And then they opened in 97, made the playoffs in 99. So I think, you know, so that stadium is basically, you know, 25 slash 30 years old. That's that's about the time that the team raises their hand and say, build me a new one or I'm leaving. Right. The Bengals, by the way, apparently are willing to stay in their current stadium. They're just asking for a half a billion, you know, to remodel it. That's cheap. Well, hey, I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not even being flippant when I say that. It's cheaper than the billion and a half to two billion to build a new one. Well, Mark, I'm here in Jacksonville, and their Jaguars are staying in their stadium, but the stadium refurbishing is a billion, and the stuff around it in the neighborhood is another billion. And they're talking about the city and county will pay half, and Con will pay half. But that the stadium refurbishing is a billion. That's just to refurbish a 30-year-old stadium. And you're right. You can't build a football stadium nowadays for a billion bucks. Can't do it. So if the Bengals are actually willing to just have the stadium refurbished, that seems like a win for Cincinnati. And I'm not... That's just what it, that's seems to be the cost of doing business. And I know there's a lot of people listening right now. Ah, we shouldn't be paying for stadiums. I agree. We shouldn't, but we are, and that's not going to change. This is kind of like the college discussions we've been having. 
do any of us like the musical chairs of schools and conferences? No. We both said it yesterday. I desperately wish we could go back 15 years, put everybody back where they were. And try, And I'm willing to deal with the modern issues. I would just love to put the schools back in the conferences where they were. Right. We're, we're not trying to say NIL go away. No. We're no. not even, in much as I don't like the portal and how unseemly that is, we're not even saying that should go away. No. Nope. All Miller and Moulton are saying is would be nice to have the Pac-10. 12 again. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. And Oklahoma, Texas in the Big 12. Yes. Right. Right. And maybe figure out a way that the Big East should have kept itself together and played football. You know, now upon further review. But anyway, but obviously that's – but there's two hockey teams that uh, – may not be staying where they are. The one everybody's known about for years. Everybody thinks it's it's maybe Bettman's biggest mark on his commissionership. The reason there's a team in Arizona, Gary Bettman. The reason there's still a team in Arizona, Gary, Gary Bettman. Bettman. And even Bettman has apparently said to the ownership of the Arizona Coyotes, uh, you got till the Stanley Cup Finals. Find a place where you're going to play and get a stadium deal and what have you, uh, or else... I And, and they point, shouldn't have the team, David. They should. No. They don't deserve the team. The team's playing no. in Tempe at Arizona State's college hockey arena, and they can't sell it out. It's 5,000 seats, and they can't sell it out. It's the most intimate setting in pro sports, maybe in the history of pro sports. You went to a game there. I did. I, I, I mean, it's a smaller venue than Hertz Arena. Oh, absolutely. By nearly 2,500 seats. It's very intimate. I mean, I literally, I sat third row in the corner, walked up, bought a ticket to the Flyers. Third row in the corner. It was awesome. But it's ridiculous that that's, you know, where an NHL team is. Awesome for me. In town for an Arizona Cardinals game, could just drive on over and get an NHL game. So we know about the Coyotes, and apparently even the commissioner has said, um, you got about 90 to 150 days. And if you don't have a solid plan in place with a neighborhood giving you a thumbs up, yeah, we're going to have to relocate you. And we'll determine where that, and it probably force you to sell the team to where we're relocating. And it looks as if Salt Lake City has moved ahead of Houston. Because Houston met with Bettman like three years ago about Arizona. Like, hey, we'll take them. And obviously, you look at market size. I mean, Houston's a top 10 market in the country. I mean, threatening to be a top five market in the country. Phoenix but, isn't that far away from it either. Well, exactly. Oh, that's that's like the Houston's, other part of it. Right. Houston's six. I think Phoenix is eight or vice versa. And that's been Bettman's argument all along. It's why I want a team here. Look at the market size. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. They don't want the team. But you told me something during the break I hadn't heard. Well, it, it just came out. Chris Johnston penned an article on The Athletic talking about Mark Chipman, who is the chairman of the Winnipeg Jets. And the chairman of the Winnipeg Jets, whose season ticket fan base has gone from 13,000 to under 9,500 since they, in just three years, said, I would be honest with you if I didn't say we have to get back to 13,000. This place we find ourselves right now is not going to work over the long haul. It just isn't. 
Not mincing words. Chairman says we got to get back to 13,000 seats. They've lost 27% of their season ticket base in three years. I worked for a hockey team that went through a season, you know, was losing 20% every year and renewing it. You know, what the Everblades have done in the last seven years is remarkable. Awesome. Chris Palin needs to be commended for the job he's done marketing that team. Commended. For, re, you know, in Hoffman coming in and buying the arena and, and refurbishing the arena, the place is night and day from when I left there. And they're doing a great job. That's not the norm for teams. When tickets start to decline, they continue to decline. Now, granted, the Blades are very successful. People do like a winner. But, you know, that's as much entertainment and the experience with your friends and family as it is, you know, the final score on the scoreboard. But they do a great job at all of it. They've earned everything that comes their way, that organization from top to bottom. Tough to do it any better than they do it. But, I'm Mark, I went to one of the last Winnipeg Jets games in Winnipeg when it looked like they were never going to get a team again. It was late winter of 95, heading into the spring of 95. And they're losing the Jets. And I drove up from Fargo. It was straight up I-29. It was like a three, three and a half hour drive. And I'm like, I got to go. This is history here. You know, scout my way in and what have you. Sat upstairs into mid arena, you know, only held like 14,000. And, you know, people were crying. It was very sad. And, you know, the thought was, well, they're never going to get a team again. And this is actually to Bettman's credit. I mean, I do laugh when Canada gets all over Bettman. I'm like, uh, has there been a bigger proponent of the NHL in Canada than Gary Bettman? I mean, for good, he got you Winnipeg back again. He's made sure that uh, the league finances the the dollar difference between the two countries. He's been a big proponent of Ottawa when the franchise has been run into the ground multiple times. Trust me, hockey fans got their issues with Bettman, but Canadian hockey fans should get, get in line, man. Please. But, I mean, so Arizona and Winnipeg, both Western Conference teams, right? Yes. So Salt Lake and Houston? Yes. I think Portland would be raising their hand trying to get something, but I think they're a distant third to those two cities. Well, apparently there's an interesting little battle going on between Portland and Salt Lake for expansion teams in two sports, baseball and hockey. I don't know if this will now make the Blazers and the Jazz a hell of a rivalry, but apparently the two cities are are kind of battling, not even behind the scenes anymore. Baseball is going to expand. We all know that. Once the Rays and A's situations get fully resolved, once shovels are going into the ground, then they're going to have two expansion teams. Nashville is a foregone conclusion. What's a bigger foregone conclusion? The NBA is going to expand to Vegas or baseball is going to Nashville? Push, believe it or not. I mean, that, that it's, it, would hard, it would be hard to mince that one, David, because they seem both like slam dunks. Or home runs, depending on how you look at it. And most people think the other expansion franchise in the NBA is a given also that it'll be Seattle. But 
okay, if we have Nashville in the National League or East, we got to have a team out West for baseball expansion. And apparently it's going to come down to Salt Lake or Portland unless the A's end up in Salt Lake. Which apparently is now the new fallback city if this Vegas thing doesn't work out. And Vegas, as you now well know, really doesn't care if it works out or not. In fact, truth be told, they'd rather it didn't work out. At least the mayor would be all... She'd be fine with that. Not a baseball fan. She'd rather go to a Golden Knights game, a Raiders game, or have an NBA All-Star game. Mark, I think pro franchises just want to get in the college football game a realignment. Welcome to the Bonus Hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap today was the day when, along with some final thoughts and picks, went one and one. Yesterday, we tried to throw in a local pick. We Stupid went idea. Damn Eagles. We said they're inconsistent. Tough to figure out, but this is where too much information. I had seen Kennesaw State the week before. And I said, you know, they're not very good. FGCU is going to beat them, and they're only laying two and a half. Yeah, they lost. What I'm trying to figure out is how the hell this team beat Florida Atlantic. <laughs> I'm not. I watched last night. I watched a good chunk of that game against Kennesaw State. It was bad basketball. It was ugly. They didn't rebound worth a damn. Rebounding's effort to me. And when you get out-rebounded by 16 in a game? That's what I was going to point out. Now, Kennesaw State is a good rebounding team. They are. All right. I just – Okay. 36-20. You know, like, uh, I, I understand. 41-25. Right. I, plus 16 is ridiculous. Right. Well, fortunately, FGCU combated that by hitting a bunch of threes. Oh, wait. They went four for 19. So, yeah. Not a good day at the office. And, unfortunately, their last – day at the home office i mean tomorrow's it that's it and they're not going to play any home ace on playoff games i mean they needed to win out i think to have a shot at getting as high up as the four seed i mean now quite frankly you gotta worry about them getting in david they're at home against queen's college which we talked about they should win that game. They should. Queens had not won a road game all year. Shocked Stetson in the land last night. Stetson was in second place a game out of first, and they own the tiebreaker against the first-place team. This is the best regular season Stetson's had in 30 years, and Queens won. It, that As shocking a result as we've seen in the A-Sun this year, quite frankly. And then now they go to North Florida and Jacksonville. Right. The Jacksonville road trip. They could lose 20 games this year if they don't. I mean, let's just say they beat Queens. They got to get a road win to assure themselves of not losing 20 games this year. They were picked to finish third in the conference. All right. Second by, I think, media, third by the coaches, or vice versa. Yes. And right now they are ninth. They finished 10th last year. 
lost to Queens in the play-in. Right now, they would face Central Arkansas in a play-in. They would do so at Eastern Kentucky. The winner of that game would then play the top-seeded Eastern Kentucky. I think they're the Colonels the next night. Now, I got to tell you, I to me, the A-Sun is down this year. Like, Fly's last team two years ago, that one was the fourth or fifth best team in the league two years ago. They won 22 games. And they got knocked out in the quarterfinals by the team that ended up winning it. That team, Mark, would win the A-Sun this year. The team that two years ago was the... But would they still fire Fly if they won? Oh, sorry. But that team would win the A-Sun this year. 22 games, huh? Yeah, that's an unusual. Well, the boosters didn't want them anymore. I mean, once again, it's it's all about money. And so the A-Sun's down this year, which the reason I point that out is I actually think anybody can steal the A-Sun bid. That's my point. Like, I've seen Eastern Kentucky. All right? They're solid. They're good. They got a post. They're an experienced team that's played together a few years. They got a good transfer. I mean, they're a solid team. They are. Two years ago, that Eastern Kentucky team would have been the fifth or sixth best team in the A-Sun. And they're the best team this year. That's all I'm saying. That, that This bid can be stolen with a hot week. And just about every team here, I mean, we've seen FGCU on their best day. They beat FAU. Right, but they've been unable to put best days back to, I mean, to think that this FGCU team could win three or four games in a row, it's laughable right now, David. I'm sorry. But but then again, I mean, you and I firsthand, you know, we had that seven-hour drive to Macon. We were doing FGCU in their first ever. Man, did we solve some problems on that drive. Yeah, we solved healthcare, college football realignment. All right. The, you know, just the national the debt. I mean, come on. There was a lot of issues. Seven hours, Miller and Moulton alone in a car. We took on a lot of issues. Future of FGCU athletics. I mean, we had the whole thing settled. I don't even, I think we were to Valdosta. I don't know what we talked about between Valdosta and Macon. But anyway, but remember, Mark, that team, that was Andy Enfield's first year. They entered the A-Sun tournament on a four-game losing streak. They were three games below 500. And their draw as the sixth seed was three 20-win teams. The three-seeded won 20 games, the two-seeded won 22, and the top seed was Belmont, and they had won 24, I think. And you and I both laughed. We said, well, we're going to do one men's game. But we'll do three women's. It was the reason I did play-by-play for the men. That was one of the things we determined. The women, we were pretty damn sure were going to win the A-Sun title. And I said, we're talking about who's going to do play-by-play, who's going to be the analyst. I said, David, why don't you do the women? Because you deserve to say they're going to the tournament. You, you, You deserve to be able to utter those words. And here we are with the men getting ready for a final, and I'm going, I even literally, I said, David, do you want to do play-by-play? Absolutely not. And here's the funny thing. It was a combination of you don't steal another guy's gig, number one. And number two, I'm a superstitious sports fan. I looked right at him. I said, we ain't changing a thing. Damn thing. We're sitting on the same sides of the equipment. 
We're using the same headsets. I'll rewash this. I'll go to a laundromat and rewash this outfit if you want me to. We ain't changing a thing, buddy. They were losing games when I was calling them. They're 2-0 and with you. And then they were up at the half. Looked at one another. We're like, is this happening? But that's what I'm talking about, though. But now and they got to win four because there's going to be a play-in that. game, too. I understand that. But we've seen what can happen firsthand, and we know it happens all the time. I mean, look at Georgetown. What was it, three years ago when they stole the Big East title? Won four games in a week at Madison Square Garden. They have won four league games in three years. But they had an unconscious week. And they had didn't, hadn't done it leading up to it. They haven't done it since. I'm just telling you, the A-Sun can be stolen this year by anybody. I, I hope so. I'd love to see him go on a little run. But it seems highly unlikely, as inconsistent as they've played this year. They have been a tremendous disappointment. We don't talk a ton of FGCU. I'm rooting for them. I've watched a lot of games. I've got ESPN Plus for that. one of the reasons I have it. But last night, I, I mean, not because we lost five bucks. Who gives a damn? One, I'm so happy with the fact that I can put this little money on a game and actually find enjoyment in having this little action on a game because I used to have, a lot, have to have a lot more action to find enjoyment. But how awesome you, would it be if they were really good and we could just talk about them in the bonus hour every single day? I would love it. Well, we did it for five to seven years. When they were really good. Yeah. When they, they were six, Dunk City. Well, they had six straight 21 seasons. But first things first, and I'm being very serious when I say this, beat Queens because you may need that just to get in the A-Sun playoffs. Well, and they can beat Jacksonville because they're not very good either. I know it's a road game, but Jacksonville's lousy. Well, they're not good except that they're 10-1 and at home. And, you know, and – I'm just saying, you know, going on the road, when you've won three road games all year, which is FGC's road record, it's tough to count on winning road games. So get the home win tomorrow against Queens, put it away. You may really need that win just to get in. Because, Mark, it's not out of the question that FGCU's regular season finale is going to be a play-in for both teams. That's what last night's loss to FGCU did. It got them much closer to being out than to being in in a favorable spot. The standings now are getting a little tricky. So tomorrow, last home game for the FGCU men. Welcome to the bonus hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 22 minutes till the top of the hour. 16 until we're out of here. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Well, I hope you got some meat on the bone today. It's been, you know, lately you've been like, ah, I don't have much. February's a boring month in the history of sports in the world. That's all I'm saying. Need to get to March. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. Battle of the Alamo today in 1836. That one didn't work out well. (laughs) That's one way to put it. 1904, the U.S. acquires control of Panama Canal. That worked out well. That one worked out well. 1940, Disney's Pinocchio is released. And this land is your land. 
was released by Woody Guthrie. 1945, the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima. Boy, what a picture, huh? Yep. Today in 1954, the first mass inoculation against polio in Pennsylvania. And it worked so well that 60 years later, some people said, nah, I don't think we should keep doing this. Petty wins Daytona today in 64. He led 184 of the 200 laps. Hmm. It's kind of a dominant win. I'm surprised they didn't go to stage racing immediately after that. Eric Hyden would win his fifth gold medal today in 1980, winning the 10,000, becoming the only Winter Olympian to win five gold medals in a single game. Was that the longest of yes. his races? Yes. Right. So he I won mean, the 500, the 1,000, the 1,500, I think, the ten, the 5,000, yes. and the 10,000. Think about that. You're good enough to win the 500. Right. And the 10,000 meters. Ridiculous. Today in 1983, the New Jersey General signed Herschel Walker. Herschel uh, wanted to rescind it and go back to Georgia. And unfortunately, you know, he signed the contract. But his days in college were done. What's Herschel been up to the last few years? Right. Today in 1985, the infamous chair was tossed by one Robert Montgomery Knight. Ah, iconic. Yes, Rocky Four, not so much. Right, Bobby Knight throwing the chair, iconic. Eminem releases the Slim Shady LP today in 1999. Junior wins his second Daytona in 2014, and it was three years ago today that Tiger got in the car crash. Thankfully, he survived it and didn't hurt anyone else. Exactly. Fred Bolitnikoff's 81. Ed Tutal Jones is 73. Bobby Bonilla is 61. Golfer Steve Stricker is 57. And Andrew Wiggins is 29. What did I miss, David? Well, big controversy today, Mark, in 1978. We had a tie at the Grammys for best song. Barbara Streisand's theme from A Star is Born. Evergreen. And Debbie Boone's You Light Up My Life. Wow. Never heard either one. Well, Have you heard of either singer? Yeah. Well, not Debbie Boone. Okay, I fair enough. Barbara Streisand. All right. Course. And technically it was not Debbie Boone's Grammy because it's a songwriting award and she didn't write it. She just sung it. Okay, but that's how people know it. You know, Debbie Boone's the one who sang it. So anyway, there you go. Uh, remember, late 70s, we're doing a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. So keep that in mind when you're wondering, really? Song of the, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot going Pretty on. Pretty vanilla songs, though, but that movie was a monster. You've heard folks elsewhere mock Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? We go to Indiana for the good. Where in Vermilion County, there was a Facebook post of a deer that had a plastic container stuck on his head. 
12 days later, they were able to get the deer, rescue the deer, and get the plastic container off of the deer's head. Good. Yeah. For the bad, we go to Akron, Ohio, where an attempted robbery had gone wrong. 5.30 p.m., a six-foot-tall white male walked into the Save-A-Lot grocery store, approached the counter to buy something, wearing a mask and a black hooded sweatshirt. He told the clerk he had a gun and threatened to shoot the clerk while demanding money from the register. The clerk sounded the alarm. The suspect ran out of the store without any money and left without collecting his change from his purchase. So he robbed the store and gave them money. Can't fix stupid. Finally, the ugly. We go to New Jersey. Where David Wenjarowski did a little shoplifting at Walmart. Okay. Then, as police were trying to pull him over to arrest him, he took the police on a little little drive, trying to elude the police. When he was finally pulled over, he was runk, had an open container of alcohol in the vehicle, and to top everything off, the shoplifter was a Roman Catholic priest. Oh. <laughs> Always in the news for the wrong reasons. He stole less than $50 worth of ice cream containers and oven mitts before leaving the store Dude, without pain. What? What? He had the munchies. He was drunk. He wanted some ice cream. Oven mitts. <laughs> oven mitts I can't explain. That's so you can hold it without getting your hands cold? There are so many bad jokes that I could go to right now, but I'm just going to leave all of them aside, <laughs> let you do them on your own, in your vehicle, or at your desk at work, or wherever you may be, and just say simply that that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February the 23rd, 2024. Midwest representing today, by the way, Indiana and Ohio. So I don't think it makes the good, bad, and ugly, but before we get to our games, did you hear about the 13-foot great white that washed ashore in Navarre, which is in the panhandle? No. Yeah. Yeah. But I know there's a great white just made a pass of southwest Florida because they track these things and they can, you know, you can figure out where they are. Mm-hmm. And they think the great white's pregnant. Huh. Yeah. Yep. So what are they going to do? They're going to do the jaws, cut it open? Is that a uh, real C section? <laughs> wow oh it is wow. friday I, I i think they brought in like a marine institute i actually think they're trying to you know do something with the shark but anyway okay well i won't mention that anymore <laughs> hey how about the games how about the games how about the games nba tonight 10 games heater in new orleans first game post break for both teams Miami getting three and a half. Pelicans been playing pretty well. Actually. Really well. Don't know how teams are going to respond first game after the break, but uh, 8 o'clock tonight, Heat, Pelicans, Miami getting three and a half. The ESPN double dip, 7.30 and 10 o'clock. Cleveland and Philly early. Milwaukee, Minnesota late. 
Let's see uh, who Doc Rivers blames this loss on. I mean, who's blaming their team more, Patino or Rivers? Well, Doc is more playing the victim. It's weird. He's like, it sounds like he didn't even want the job, the way he's talking about it. And he's By doing way, this media don't tour. Job, don't take that. it. It was really easy. Oh, I know. That, that uh, That's so, what I'm saying. He's saying one thing, and his actions speak that, louder than his I mean, words. He sounds like he took over the Charlotte Hornets when he <laughs> took over the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, right. Like, dude, you have the Greek freak and Dame Lillard. Figure it right. out. And they're... And they're all under contract, by the way. They can't go anywhere for like this year and the next three. You know the length of your contract. So 7.30 and 10 o'clock, the ESPN double dip. There's only like three hockey games tonight. And uh, I don't know how – I don't even know if any of them are really any good. Wild at Edmonton, probably your best game at 9 o'clock. Connor Bedard's playing because the Blackhawks are in action, so that's always worth watching. But no, not really. Friday night is never a good men's college basketball night. There's not a single ranked team playing. I will say, though, Mark, here in Jacksonville, it's the River City Rumble, baby. Okay? You know, fire marshals be damned because it's packed house and then some when North Florida and JU get it on. It's on like Donkey Kong, baby. All right, here's the deal. Because we don't have lines out on any of the games over the weekend. And there's nothing I want to play tonight for the record. There's not a game worth playing. Now, believe it or not, if I would play anything tonight, I'd play the Pelicans and lay the three and a half against the Heat. Tomorrow, we got games to play. We got Duke at Wake Forest. We got BYU at Kansas State. But we don't know the lines. The lines don't come out till like tonight, tomorrow morning. We got South Carolina at Old Miss. We got North Carolina at Virginia. Virginia all- just come. Are these fitting our criteria? Every Well, we don't listening? know the spread yet. Texas Tech at UCF. I mean, there literally are five games with ranked teams on the road. Auburn at Georgia, six. Okay. However, there's a game I want to play, which doesn't fit our criteria. Of so course. you guys, you guys can play whatever, whatever game you want. All right. But there's a game, 7 o'clock. Tomorrow night, 10-win Texas Southern is at 0-26 Mississippi Valley State. And you want to take Mississippi Valley State, don't you? I, I don't know. I, what I don't do you mean? Know. There's a game I want to yeah, play, right? And then, but I you don't, don't know who you want to take. I No, I actually think I want to bet Texas Southern. I do. I, okay, I How can you bet, although we knew when Detroit Mercy was going to win, we circled that one two weeks out because they were playing. Uwe Pui was terrible. They had only won six games themselves. See, Texas Southern's not terrible. That's the problem. You know, Texas Southern's 8-5 and five in league. Mississippi Valley State's 0-13. Uwe Pui was terrible. So we, we bet yeah, Detroit well, Mercy and they won. UDM was actually favored, too. I mean. They were. It was to the point where we were like, why are they favorites? But I'm just saying, whatever the Texas Southern Mississippi Valley State line is tomorrow night, Mississippi Valley State, the last winless team in men's college basketball, 0-26. I want to bet Texas Southern. It's game two of a three-game homestand, by the way, for Mississippi Valley. You may have a problem if. Yes, there's no doubt. 
if you're betting Texas Southern Mississippi Valley State blind, you have a problem. Absolutely. But I'm betting against the Delta Devils. I mean, we haven't even have Houston at Baylor tomorrow, where I don't know who will be favored in that game. This could be a. This is the time of year where college basketball Houston heats up at Baylor. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna guess that's gonna be like a uh, seriously close to a pick'em. Like I think you're probably right. Spread maybe. And South Florida on Sunday, a big game. SMU comes to town. Mm-hmm. SMU's good. Although FAU just beat them by ten. I, I know. Place will be packed. I like USF. Keep Ho- it rolling. Hopefully, they can keep it rolling. We're gonna bet FGCU tomorrow. It'll probably be a small line. They really going to lose two in a row at home? It's our home finale. We might be risking half the bankroll tomorrow, David. Could be a big day. Oh, we have that many games we're going to bet, aren't we? I saw eight already that fit the criteria. <laughs> well, all right. Here's I want to bet Texas Southern and FGCU tomorrow. So there you have it. Miller and Moulton are taking Friday night off, but we are going heavy. I will post everything on X that we are betting tomorrow. <laughs> we are going ham. If you use the Hard Rock app, the heat to win tonight is boosted to plus 155. I will be taking that. Let's go heat. Look at that. Okay. Of course, the frustrating thing with the heat this season is you never know who's playing and when. It's, never. I believe... You just said the Heat. I believe you meant to say the NBA. (laughs) Touche. That's a good point. Have a terrific weekend, everyone. Should be a good college basketball weekend. A lot of... Micah Ruzioni, 8 o'clock Monday. As long as AT&T doesn't go down between now and then. Or the Russians. We're blaming it on one or the other. In case you're just joining us, Mike Ruzioni and communicating with David yesterday did not blame AT&T, blamed the Russians. Right. The Soviets, he didn't want, they didn't want me talking smack about them all damn day is what he said. Have a great weekend.